Hello. Hello, my friends. Hello, earthlings. Hello, humans. Just check in with yourself for a minute. What's going on? How's your breath? How's your tummy? (laughs) And throat check for all of my fifth plexus people out there holding and biting your tongues or trying to find that truth, trying to find that expression. And on a Taurus full moon, this is good proving grounds for your practice. A full moon, this big release, this eclipse, occurs on midterm election day in the United States. It's Tuesday, November 8th at 5.02 a.m. Central Standard Time here from the Third Coast in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In a time of rumbling, shifting soil beneath our stance, some of us vacillate from attentive navigation to drowsy, half-asleep steps, stumbling through the darkness. Sometimes it takes a lightning bolt to rouse our attentions. Saturn and Uranus, my friends, Saturn and Uranus tensions these past few years is the boa constrictor wrapped around collective progress. A slow, suffocating anticipation for both witness and prey. Uranus, planet of enlightenment, chaos, liberation, is expressing itself through its own season of Taurus, Taurus, themes of simplicity, pleasure, abundance. However, its desires are wrapped in the strong arms of Saturn in Aquarius. And Saturn can be a real curmudgeon. Counting coins, balancing ledgers, micromanaging details with the martyring, well, somebody has to do it, that justification We've heard it before. And Saturn can hold that self-loathing quality of conservatism. It's no wonder they fight. Their views don't align and currently poised at an angle prohibiting them from seeing how much space actually exists. There is room for both. There is room for growth. Uranus conjoins with the full moon in Taurus in the North Node, a lunation asking us to slow down. Look at all you have. Smell the roses, or in this season, the leaves. See the abundance. Recognize the gifts. We have everything we need. Where Uranus benefits from Saturn is the mindful use of resource. With stewardship, insight, and the foresight genius of Aquarius, we can maintain, manage, support, and encourage sustainability. This type of Uranus, this Uranus teaches this type of Saturn that we don't always have to seek more. Wanting can prevent us from appreciating. What this looks like for the individual 
is abandoning scarcity mentality. What this looks like for community is abandoning scarcity mentality. What this looks like for society is abandoning scarcity mentality. There is enough for everyone when we share. There is enough for everyone if we only use what we need. Both Taurus and Scorpio have their materialistic issues in their shadow expressions. Taurus wants, Scorpio wants to encompass it all. This full moon radiates the need and potential for better management and extra wiggle room for improvisation. With presence, with perspective, we can skillfully navigate any obstacle. Hello and welcome. You have found the Inspired Astrology Podcast. This is Lauren K. Hickman, your guide, your mentor, your consultant, your astrological poet, and planetary poet for this time and this space. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me. This small group, this small audience um, really helps to keep me motivated, inspired on my own path. So um, please know that you are deeply appreciated. And I have to make a shout out to my Dragon Donna supporters, those who've been throwing me five or 10 or 15 bucks a month for a while here. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Um, for that $25 bill last last week, even though there's no $25 bill. But yeah, thank you for the Venmo tip. Thank you for enjoying and reading and ingesting these reports. Uh, means a lot to me. I really want to make this available to everyone for the time being, you know, uh, stay off Patreon for a bit longer. <laughs> so thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, so inspired astrology. That's what I call the work that I do. Um, I grew up with astrology as a spoken language. Um, it is it is that. Uh, it is like learning a foreign language. And it is very involved, right? You have planets and seasons of the planets, which we would consider the zodiac signs, the cycles. We have the houses, the theater, the stages that all the planetary personalities play out on. Then we have angles and numbers and cycles and times and transits. And it is a lot to unravel. So anytime that you're needing a little check-in, a little support, if you're learning the language of astrology, if you're looking to find a deeper context or just a different lens to look through, that is so important. And I am not the end-all be-all. I send people to other astrologers that I trust. You know, I, I get readings from people that I care about and that I feel that see me and have a good handle on the language itself. And I will continue to help those who've had readings that impacted them in negative manners. I will help you to unravel the knots and the ties that may have been placed in your mind frame by somebody who um, may have not been totally qualified or maybe had some different intentions at the time when they did their reading. You know, sometimes it happens. No one's perfect. And often astrologers, psychics, intuitives um, feel a lot of pressure to perform or to please, right? And uh, if you're here, you're probably a people pleaser like myself. <laughs> That's why we're doing the self-work. That's why we're engaging with astrology as activism through acts of radical self-love, 
through ways of learning about the world and about ourselves so that we can, we can change it for the better. And that is why I am committed to this work is one person at a time celebrating, serving, mirroring you. Because if each of us is in serenity, in peace, we can express that in our homes, in our family units, our friendships, our communities, and ultimately in society. So thank you for showing up for yourself. Thank you for being being the work, being the change that you want to see in the world, as Gandhi said. So the Taurus full moon during Scorpio season, an eclipse, everything connecting to Saturn and Uranus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think I just channeled my friend Sheena a little bit there. <laughs> so the sun, right, our core self, the vitality is conjoining with the lunar south node, which is, you know, what eclipse seasons are about. And this, this whole year, we've had these themes, you know, we had an earlier eclipse season in, uh, you know, Taurus season in the spring, and the full moon in Scorpio. And if you're just learning about um, the shifts in the seasons, you know, we, everything's a balance point, And that's what the full and new moons are about. New moons are always in the same sign of the season that they're in. Sibilance, sibilance. Um, <laughs> and full moons are always in opposition, creating that tension, that balance point, the, the axis, if you will. So here we are at a full moon and the sun is in Scorpio. It is conjoined with the south node. And the lunar nodes are these points in space. They're not actual entities, um, but they have a lot of purpose and meaning in most forms of astrology. You know, I think of Vedic evolutionary astrology specifically um, make great emphasis on the tail and the head of the dragon, so to speak. So the south node is going to be the tail of the dragon. It represents the past, um, what we are excreting, if you think of the tail in that capacity. And in the energy of Scorpio, uh, poop <laughs> is definitely part of this function. So when we think about Scorpio season, we think about compost, right? We think about, especially here in the Northern Hemisphere, and I cannot speak to the Southern Hemisphere. If I have listeners from that far away, welcome. Please just invert the information. <laughs> so Scorpio has that quality of leaves falling from the trees, dying, composting, mulching, becoming home for all the caterpillars and all the bugs and all the worms, uh, keeping them warm and ready and nourished for the next season, for the next spring, right, Taurus, when all the seeds come to bloom, come to fruition. And I was <laughs> thinking about the, the eclipse, uh, the new moon eclipse two weeks ago, and I went out with my hound dog, Dragon, who you'll typically hear in the background of this podcast, and we went out for a walk uh, along Lake Michigan and one of the sweet parks near the Summerfest grounds. And uh, yes, I did a little bit of rebellious movements here because I gathered seeds very mindfully and very um, conservatively from many, many different plants, all native grasses and echinacea and rutabecchia, also known as black-eyed Susans. I gathered asters 
I love the word aster. You can eat asters and um, they're great for the lungs and sinuses and so forth. But I um, gathered those seeds and then I spent the afternoon separating them, right? Rather than doing homework, <laughs> of course, because, uh, you know, as a, an astrological, astrological consultant, you know, it's my job to also take advice from myself. And so if I tell you to chill, I try to do the same for myself, <laughs> even though I'm trying to put out the reports and information to, to put a bug in your ear, give you something to think about. So I, I collected seeds and I separated them from the flower buds and just, um, it was a very like wonderful mindfulness practice. It was, I, um, I am in recovery for those of you who are just joining us. Um, I'm well over 12 years into the substance free experience and much longer in the recovery process for myself. But one of the things that I really miss sometimes is cleaning cannabis. And, you know, if, if you never want to listen to me again, because I just admitted that truth, uh, so be it. I'll miss you. Thanks for being here. Um, but it was a, it was a practice, a mindfulness practice of, of separating the seeds from the plant. So there was this sense of like, really, I loved just pulling apart all the, the flowers and the essence and finding these tiny, tiny seeds of the echinacea and tiny, tiny seeds of the asters and other flowers. Um, it was very, very satisfying to me. And the next day I went out and collected all this compost. I got 10 pounds of compost from Compost Crusader here in Milwaukee, which is such a lovely service to be able to pay someone, you know, some money once a month and for them to come pick up your refuse and food scraps so they can be generated into something new, which is a totally Scorpio process and very, very important to this season very important to right relationship with the planet and keeping stuff out of landfills and actually being used again to fill the land with nourishment and goodness. So I uh, went out in the pouring rain <laughs> on the eclipse and uh, I, I planted all those seeds. And this is the season to do that with a lot of native grasses and, and flowers and such that come up in the spring months. So if you can consider that, you know, Scorpio season is where we let go and we kind of compost the refuse of the year, things that we didn't get to like prosper, right? Or things that we consumed and let go of. And, and then we get to plant them into the soil to rest, to hibernate and come back in the spring. And as a bear person, right? And, you know, here this, this business of mine, Ursidae, means bear. It's Latin for bear. And so hibernation is a really important part of our natural human cycles. And Scorpio is just the beginning of that. Halloween, Samhain being the first day of winter, how it's celebrated in Celtic tradition and pagan traditions and what have you. You know, my, my ancestry, my Scots-Irish heritage, my Viking blood, that <laughs> part of the world. So with the sun, <laughs> coming back to the report, looking at this beautiful chart, right? Ascendant Libra. I, need, I should talk about that a little bit more. Um, 
you know, I mentioned in the in the beginning of this report about the importance of Uranus in this lunation. And there's also an emphasis on Venus because Libra, as the ascendant of this chart from where I'm standing here in Milwaukee, um, this is going to be the indicator of which planets are going to be associated with the rising energy or the soul direction of this chart makeup. Like what is the highest potential that we're moving towards here? So if you have a Libra rising, you may be a Venus style Libra or you might be a Uranus style Libra. Um, or you can be both, like myself, vacillating between a little bit kooky and a little bit lazy. JK, JK, but <laughs> I digress. But because there's such emphasis, like we have Venus connected to the sun in Scorpio, and we have Uranus connected to the moon in Taurus in this lunation, there just feels like this really significant impact in what we value. And Value comes from the higher mind, Uranus representing that higher octave of Mercury, if you're tracking as an astrology student, and Venus um, being the lower octave of Neptune, which does have some loose connections in this chart. But So we have desire and then the vision to get there. So Mercury and Venus are both connected on either side of the sun. So And it's placed in the first house of the self, the soul, the transformation, the changes bringing forth uh, in that energy of Scorpio. Scorpio has those different qualities of um, expression, right? We have uh, the scorpion on the ground who can be a little bit protective, a little bit icy. We have the expression of the eagle getting above the ground, finding some perspective, getting a long view. And then, of course, the phoenix, which is that um, evolutionary perspective of the Scorpio, which is about ultimate transformation. And again, the compost heap turning into flowers at the end of the day or at the end of the season. So here we have Mercury, lower octave of Uranus again. Uh, in Scorpio. So there's this detective mind and then Venus, this like intense longing, the experience. So simplistically put, this is the past, right? That lunar node connection, the south node. This is the past, the self, the mind, and the heart. And a sincere opportunity to shine the light, the full moon expression, shine the light on our past addictions, our shadow, our secrets, our subconscious. And Scorpio represents the energies we rarely confront publicly, things like sex and death, intimacy and vulnerability in their most human expression. So this eclipse season feels much about desire, Taurus being associated that with that. It's, a, it's another Venus energy, uh, the spring um, pleasure, uh, fecundity, you know, abundance, like we have everything we need. And uh, it's, it's interesting to think about desire because we often say, like, I can feel it in my gut, right? And I mentioned at the beginning, how's your throat feel, right? Because that's often where we receive some of our intuitions. Um, receiving it through the back of the throat, kind of a, a download, if you will. And, uh, you know, especially because, you know, not all of us can receive information straight from the crown. That'd be a lot of energy, right? So the throat, the back of the throat, the back of the heart are often places that we receive insight and intuition. Um, so the throat clenching up or the throat softening can be indicators for that. And then you have the gut and the loins, right? Scorpio energy. So throat, Taurus, 
gut and the loins, Scorpio, all desire places, all intuitive registries. Um, I think about the tummy compass, and you'll hear me talk about that a lot, right? Having to recalibrate, reconnect in with ourselves and what we want, rather than trying to figure out what other people want so that we can be safe and survive. And it's really understandable if you are a recovering codependent, if you are a recovering people pleaser. Um, I am both of those things, admittedly. We can allow ourselves to start um, staying true to what we are, right? Rather than bending to the old patterns and the old will, old wills and the inner momologue or datalogue or whoever is in your head criticizing you or making you feel small. Right? We can we can approach all of this, all this information and insight that comes with eclipse season, with Scorpio season. We can approach this new ground with gentleness as well as radical truth, right? giving yourself permission. And uh, yes, I'd like to give you a, a, my permission to use me as an excuse to cancel your plans if you need to, right? Tuesday coming up with this eclipse, you know, if you need space this weekend, just just tell them, my astrology consultant said that it was okay to lay in bed and scream, cry, sing, cry, self-pleasure, self-care, journal, eat cookies, and to avoid anything that doesn't make me feel safe, secure, loved, and honored while we get through this eclipse. Mwah. It's all there for you. Um, long, long, long ago, um, my uh, beloved sponsor would always give me permission always give me permission to use her as an excuse. If I didn't, if I couldn't stand up for myself, I could, I could tell people that she said I couldn't do it. Right. Cause sometimes you just need somebody look out for you or somebody to pass the buck to, if you have a hard time holding space or responsibility, or if you feel guilt about setting boundaries, it's part of the process. You found the Inspired Astrology Podcast with Lauren K. Hickman. This is a bi-weekly moon report doing new moon and full moon insights along with other astrological information, musings. You get you get all of me, right? For the wonderful price of nothing unless you're able to contribute, which I always sincerely appreciate. You can do that through Spotify or some of the other podcast platforms. You can connect with me um, through Venmo at Lauren K. Hickman or get on uh, to the Moon Mailer, which you can subscribe to at ursidae.us. That's U-R-S-I-D-A-E dot U-S. Uh, and get this direct to your inbox. But I think the podcast is pretty fun because you get a lot of my other like brain droppings and musings as we move through through the insights of this report of this time period. Uh, Dragon Donna, I mentioned all of my, my thank yous to all those folks who help support this work and just dropping me a few bucks every month. Um, if everybody did that, it would make a big difference in <laughs> me being able to provide this happily and safely and be able to, to take care of myself and being able to support and celebrate you on the way. All right, so a couple general rules when it comes to eclipses. If you haven't written this down, take a note. You probably don't want to look at them, <laughs> right? Uh, I have found myself many times out uh, moon gazing in the middle of the night wanting to see the blood moon eclipse. And, uh, you know, you can do that, right? You don't have to stay out for the whole thing because often it takes a long time for it to move by. 
Um, but uh, there, there's a lot of traditions that believe that it's, it's bad luck um, because often the eclipses are associated with uh, the death of a king or like a big change in society or, you know, the, the lightness, the light being blocked out, right? So, you know, take, take a moment, reset, plug in, plug out, right? Like get some, you know, rule number two, you don't want to be manifesting or vision boarding or whatever you want to call it during an eclipse season. Um, just like if you were, you know, rebooting your computer, you don't want to be like writing something in the process of like unplugging and replugging in your device, right? Think about it that way. We're, we're trying to like give things a hard reset and to maybe be an open, an open blank page to receive information. Um, so when we're, we're busy trying to like manifest or come up with something to do, then we're not listening to what is within because you are all the books that you need. You don't even need me, right? But I'm glad you're here. But the whole purpose of me talking to you is to help you to get to that place where you don't need to listen to me. You just get to listen to yourself and trust yourself fully, wholly, and trust the process, right? Um, on how, how is your Halloween, right? <laughs> How'd that go for you? Was it good? It was a little weird. Uh, not a lot of costuming happening. Dragon out, went out with me as, as Wayne, and I went out as Garth, but it turns out that I dress like Garth most of the time. So... If you're too young to remember Wayne's World, uh, it, it was a great movie in the 90s. And I feel like as a as a elementary school kid, I was really into it. And I'm sure there's a lot of really inappropriate references in there. I think about the showing, you know, some of the misogyny in there. like, But actually, I think there's a lot of like love for women. Cassandra, who is the romantic character opposite of, of Wayne, is a very, very strong femme. And that was, I think that was pretty cool and very progressive at the time. And Wayne always seemed like a pretty, pretty cool dude. So did Garth. <laughs> um, I, I did, uh, you know, on, on Halloween, on Samhain, I, I went out and did some intentional work with some fire. <laughs> As an Aries, I like to burn things. So uh, I built a fire and I just kind of listened to what felt like the right thing to do. And I, you know, I, I, I'm breaking my own rules here, right? Like I it was, it was the full, it wasn't a moon. It was just Samhain, right? This, this moment where the veil is thin and I was kind of sending my wishes over to my ancestors to help me to help others, right? To give me the strength to help others. And I, you know, I did my, you know, just kind of a on the spot ritual makeup thing. And what was so powerful about that was that um, for many years, I was with a teacher who really poo-pooed ritual. And I think that rituals and traditions do have a lot of power to them. And I, I agree that tools should not be crutches. Tools should not be crutches. But there is something really powerful about um, physical expression of inner desire which I think where, is where dance comes from and art and theater and the way that we try to mirror reality or we, we uh, imitate life. It's sort of like sending prayers up to the sky, smoke signals up to the universe um, to, let, to let, the, let the sky daddy know what we need, right? <laughs> 
I just love that term, right? Universe, God, great creator, all that is. Um, there's many names for something that is so limitless and also infused in every cell of our body and in the pillow that you're laying on or the chair that you're sitting in. It's all one. It just looks separate. <laughs> all right, so don't look at the moon. <laughs> don't do any manifesting or vision boarding. Eclipses are obscurations. They reveal something that may be in the periphery of our consciousness, right? Something that we may be unwilling to look at or something that we really aren't ready to understand. And how I want to illustrate this is through books and film, right? So you know when someone keeps telling you to read that book, watch the film, and you're like, yeah, 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 sure, 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 I'll get to it. And then you don't for like a decade, and then one day out of the blue, you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to read Parable of the Sower. Or then you're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch a, It's a Wonderful Life because I had some weird, you know, idea about what it was, right? And then after you witness or after you read and your brain is changed and the experience is like rev- revelatory, right? You're just so glad that you didn't read it before because it just wouldn't have clicked. Right? It wouldn't have sunk in the way that it needed to at the time because you finally got around to it right? at the right time. Has that happened to you? It's called flow. It's timing. And all you humans out there, all my friends listening, no matter what your preconceived notions about life are you know, or about who you are or where you think that you should be, I'm going to tell you right now that you're right with time. You are right with time. My friend Lisa Musick of Orchid um, Acupuncture here in Milwaukee, who is such an incredible mind healer friend, you know, she she always says that you are right with time. And that's something that she learned from, from Eastern medicine. You're exactly where you need to be. And don't let anyone make you feel anything other than that. Um, I went out to Norwalk, which is a very prestigious astrology conference, and it took me a couple years to get there. Um, a little background on the story. Um, in 2020, I was supposed to get in my car. I quit my jobs uh, in Des Moines, and I was going to get in my car and take Dragon, and I was going to go out west. And I was going to try to meet up with Ryan Evans, who was at that time out in California, who just so happened to come back to Wisconsin when I moved here. So kismet, right? Trusting the process. That wouldn't have happened any other way had it not happened the way it did. And um, I was supposed to, you know, go to this uh, astrology conference and then go to Bend, Oregon and do another astrology conference with Astrology University and Tony Howard. And guess what? That did not happen. And I didn't even have the bandwidth to do the online classes. I didn't really have the bandwidth for much back then. A lot of us didn't, right? But I got to go this year. And I'm so grateful that I was able to get a small business loan from Big Fed and to get out there. And I met this really wonderful evolutionary astrologer, which is one of the the greater impacts in the way that I um, 
I don't know, what do you call it? Translate, if you will, astrology. So I met Steve Wolfson and I felt pretty complicated, conflicted about the conference because I felt like I'd gone to all the wrong workshops. Um, maybe I should have stayed in the hotel with all those other people. Maybe I should have stuck around or started smoking again so I could hang out with all the the Gen Zers that were there. But I, I didn't. I just did what I did. I did what I do. And I'd also really allowed myself to be way too vulnerable in front of a group of people. And maybe that was brave. Maybe it was flimsy boundaries. I still haven't figured it out, but oof, I felt weird, right? It was like hour one of a three-day conference and I just ripped my heart open and it got messy. But the being there with Steve, uh, Steve Wolfson, um, it really requalified any uncertainty I had about being there. You know, I listened in on this man he was kind of a an eeyore persona embodied <laughs> you know and he he read his notes there was no powerpoint there was no microphone no fuss he just shared himself fully and wholly and he shared all his garbage all his scorpio shit and just talked about how evolutionary astrology saved his life and how all he's done since is learned about it and shared about it, the power and the healing of Pluto. And Pluto is associated with this season of Scorpio, you know, deep transformation, uncovering. And to have a Taurus full moon in the Scorpio season, Pluto, it just, it's all there. It's just perfect. So he shared that everything has happened exactly as it has as it should, because that's the only way it could have worked out. I'm going to read that again. Everything has happened exactly as it has, as it should have, because that's the only way it could have worked out. So when we truly and fully and wholly trust the process, we soften. We drop the reins. We cease beating ourselves up about who we could have, should have been. And we start showing up as we are, where we are. You know, we can still be human and make human errors. But we learn from it when we're paying attention. So this full moon, just as that previous new moon, I want you to do no thing. Just be. Let your body and your desire guide you. Make tea. Read. Write. Sing poetry. Have sex with yourself or someone you trust, right? Cry about the people you've lost. Either through hard stops or through heart stops. You're going to be okay. We were designed to be here and to navigate this journey that was written for you. The adventure, the trials. The whole universe has conspired to make you, create you, and to help you grow. So if I can uh, if I can help you untangle the hard knots, you know where to find me. All right, signing off from the Inspired Astrology Podcast. This is Lauren K. Hickman of Ursaday Healing Arts. I'm located here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the good land. And it is. It's a messy, weird place. And social work school is teaching me everything about systemic oppression.
and how it is embodied in this broken city. But broken things can be rebuilt and they can be brought together stronger than they were before. And that's why I'm an astrologer. It's why I'm a Reiki practitioner and teacher. My life is dedicated to helping to rebuild broken things. I think that's why social work, clinical social work specifically, is going to be the right fit. And I'll be able to serve and support a much larger community than I can today. But thank you for being part of my community, for supporting this work, for listening in, for taking it in for yourself and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. Stay inspired.